You are now tuning in to the Own the Build podcast. Join Sealing's very own Paul Hemming, where each week he interviews experts from the world of construction and asks all the important questions around intelligent construction management. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 65 of Own the Build with me. Paul Hemming. I'm going to be a bit of a nause at the start, probably throughout, to be honest with you, but you'll remember I've been asking you guys for reviews. So if you are listening, you're on Apple, if you could hit subscribe, hit review, that would be awesome. It's really, really good for helping us doing what we're doing. So if you're enjoying it, that would be great. We've also launched YouTube channels for Own the Build, for bonus content, and also our sister channel, School of Sub for subcontractors. Go check them out. Enough about that. The title of today's show is A Lawyer's Guide to Adjudication, which I have to admit is something that I came close to doing a few times, but never actually experienced during my career. So I'm thrilled to learn more about the topic because I was always a little bit intimidated by it. To help us through this really intimidating topic, I'm welcoming back to the show Michael Downs, solicitor, construction expert at Gordon's LLP. Hello, Michael. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? You all right? I'm all the better for having you on the show. I'm going against my intuitions here. You know, the Villa fan thing, <laughs> I just seem to be going against everything I stand for. But for you, Michael, we had loads of great feedback on episode 59, I think it was, proving delay on your construction project. If you guys haven't checked it out, Go back and have a listen because that is a really cool episode. Really, really uh, good feedback we've had on it. And Michael was the superstar guest that day. That's very kind of you, Paul. <laughs> it's, I mean, I didn't give you the feedback, but everyone else I, did. I haven't been called a superstar in a while. So well, that. you know, first, first, first time for everything, eh? Exactly. So last time I saw you, you were off on a holiday or maybe like a mini break, let's say. That probably feels like a distant memory now, Michael, six it weeks does. ago, whenever it was. But how Absolutely, was it? Absolutely, yeah. It was good, yeah, good. Getting away with the family, you know, always nice to do. Nice to switch the phone off as much as you can and uh, and wind down and not think about work, I think. Absolutely. I've got a little bit of a break planned myself this week in Cornwall, so I'm very much looking forward to it. A little bit of a spring in my step, Michael. Very nice. Very nice indeed. <laughs> so let's let's jump in. And for all of our new listeners, of which there are many, it would be great, Michael, for you just to remind us about you, Gordon's, and kind of what you do. Yeah, well, I'm a uh, solicitor in the construction team at Gordon's. We're a uh, uh, multi-service law firm, commercial law firm based up in Leeds. Uh, we have a, a variety of different teams and uh, expertise across our firm, across uh, two offices in Bradford and Leeds. So I work out of the Leeds office in our construction team doing all things construction related. I, I tend to specialize on the dispute side of things and uh, deal with anything really where... Ooh, you're going to be good for this then, aren't exactly, you? Exactly. Where, wherever there's any any issues or problems that uh, people tend to have, it's 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 my number they tend to call. They get the to, superstar uh, involved, right? There it is. Yeah, there it is again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Excellent. So you are the perfect man to walk us through adjudication. When, like I said at the beginning, when I was in industry, there was a couple of times where adjudication 
whether it be with my client or with perhaps a subcontractor, was in the conversation, but in the conversation more commercially than legally, let's say. It was being used like as a commercial leverage, i.e. we may go to adjudication, and if we do, it's going to have lots of costs and no one wants to do that. Let's just get to an agreement. Come on. Let's avoid getting the superstars involved basically absolutely yeah um well, that, but that, that tends to be the usual the usual kind of threat that you know mm. people have and then you do find like like any disputes it kind of most disputes and most issues get resolved without ever having to get lawyers involved so um you know, it's not surprising that there's always a lot of clients and a lot of different people in the industry sort of almost get to that stage and then don't quite get there because everybody sort of sees the wood for the trees, so to speak, and, and, and gets it sorted out without really having to spend the necessary cost. But the, the thing is about it. So I came from two companies, which the, the, the second one had in-house legal team. So it was relatively contractually astute business, let's say. And I was relatively contractually astute as well. So it wasn't, I, f- I felt like comfortable around these topics. I understand the the concept, but I always remember thinking when I was brandishing it around willy willy nilly to try and improve my commercial <laughs> leverage and agree accounts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I always remember thinking, what actually would happen? What are the next steps if they said, "Go on, then, let's do adjudication"? Because I always saw it. I, I, there was an earlier conversation I had on this podcast where I saw it as a big grizzly bear, effectively, where I, I just didn't ever want to have to go through it. I was happy to flippantly refer to it let's say to improve my negotiation uh, position but I was worried about what that eventually would look like so I kind of wanted you to walk us through it really and I guess first and foremost just tell us what it is and how it came into being. I think we'll we'll probably go into the actual stages themselves in a little bit more detail uh, as the podcast goes on but in a nutshell what you've just sort of described there isn't too dissimilar to what we see uh, quite a lot of the time when clients, existing clients or new clients come to us with a with a problem, whether it be that they've had adjudication commenced against them or they've been sort of saying, look, you know, we don't really know where to turn now. Where's the best next stage? We've heard about adjudication, but never been involved in it. You know, that isn't um, that that is something that we we come across quite a lot. People heard about it, never really been involved in it and therefore probably you know, afraid to uh, to really get into an, an, an adjudication battle. So I'm but not alone. I don't think I'm alone in feeling like exactly, that. Exactly, right? yeah. In, in, a, in a nutshell, adjudication is a method of dispute resolution. You know, there's there's various different ways you can resolve the dispute. You could, you know, as simple as getting everybody around a table and, uh, and discussing it and thrashing it out. You could do the same thing and get a mediator involved, which is a independent, third party who kind of facilitates a bit of a discussion and a bit of a roundtable discussion. They're sort of the friendlier ways to, so to speak, of resolving disputes. When it gets a bit more contentious and you have to take more formal routes, adjudication is just one of those routes you can do. You know, everybody sort of thinks about court proceedings being the most obvious and the most well-known route of resolving an issue. You know, you hear all the time that I'm going to have to, I'm going to take you to court or, uh, you know, going to uh, commence proceedings you know that in a lot of industries that that's still commonly used the problem with court proceedings and probably why construction is uh, turned much more to adjudication again which we'll, we'll come on to is court proceedings are very very lengthy and 
as time has as time's come by they've they've got even lengthier very very costly you know because of the fact that they're so lengthy and by the time that you get to a point where you actually can get in front of a judge to try and thrash it out to see who's right and who's wrong you're at a very very long period of time fatigue's probably set in you've spent a lot of money and you wish you'd probably never have started the process and you're all in as well right and like the decision unless you appeal it to a higher court is done is that exactly exactly and there's plenty of scenarios where that is the most appropriate route to uh, to go down and particularly with really complex problems or, or contractual issues outside of the world of construction as well you know court proceedings is still very much the route to go adjudication in essence it's speed over detail is is the the nutshell of it we that'll be music to everyone's ears right and that is the exactly yeah that's the whole point and, and and why that has probably resonated so much with the construction industry is, is for that very reason. You know, it's it, cash is king. Cash flow is very much one of the most important things within uh, at the forefront of any MD within a construction company. You know, they they want to get money in their pocket and they want it in their pocket quickly. And that's that's broadly what adjudication does. It you appoint a third party um, adjudicator often dictated by the contract between the parties as to who that will be or who the body will be that will nominate who that adjudicator is and you will get a decision very very quickly and the 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 general rule is from when you commence your formal you know your uh, your claim and you put all of the details of your claim on the table for the other side to consider you'll get a decision within 28 days say for um you know mitigating the, circumstances or well, so various ways that that can be extended but that is in a nutshell what adjudication uh, adjudication is and so what i'm gleaning from as like the salient points really from what we've just been explained is that there are many different methods of dispute resolution right one is just a commercial conversation i don't know qs to qs rather than it getting to a point where you're at a contractual dispute. But when you are at a contractual dispute, you then talk about mediation, which is kind of your nice relationship is still intact, kind of uh, let's get someone else around the table to independently look at this and it all is like the light version. Then you have... Well, well me- mediation is mediation as well can kind of... It's, a, it's still a very, very good negotiating tool to have. Mediation can come in and often does come in at various stages of, uh, of disputes. Often, sometimes you can get situations where we've had an adjudication, that's been played out, and then the parties think, okay, we want to resolve the wider issue here. Let's bring a mediator in and see if they can kind of, you know, facilitate this. And so often, often mediators get involved because the relationship between the parties gets quite hostile. So that can, so that's really where mediation sits within it, yeah. And, and, and then you have, court which is like your extreme we're just going for it there is complete breakdown and then adjudication kind of somewhere in the middle as in like a like a shorter term interim solution like what i understood at the start was that effectively adjudication came in principally to help cash flow from entity to entity in the in the industry right because whether you're a main contractor not getting paid by a client or a subcontractor not getting paid by a main contractor I understood that it was largely brought in to help facilitate that money transfer, hence the speed. Exactly that, yeah. And that's why... And Adjudication, look, can be used within any industry. However, it's synonymous with the construction industry because 
back in 1998, the uh, there was the introduction of what's known as the, the, the it's called the Housing Grants Regeneration and Construction Act, known as the Construction Act. The that's Act. what it's yeah. that's what it's relatively known as, or the Act, yeah, which introduced mandatory uh, the right to adjudicate, effectively a mandatory right to adjudicate within any construction contract. So, if you have a construct, construction contract between parties, JCTs or uh, or any of those standard forms, they often have the right to adjudicate within the body of that contract anyway. However, any construction contract, even if it doesn't specifically contain a right to adjudicate, any party to a construction contract can adjudicate against the other by virtue of this uh, of this act. The act offers the protection to to enable you to do that. Yeah, so even if I've got a, a contract in inverted commas, with my client, which is effectively on email, them asking me to do X, Y, and Z, me saying I will do it for this amount of money, I will do it in this time, and I will do it to this specification, doesn't say anything about adjudication. Because the Act, the Construction Act, exists, I can still adjudicate. And- Absolutely, yeah. That's the And that's the key difference between uh, the construction industry and, and any other industry. You have that automatic right to adjudicate. And that was brought about exactly as you just described there because there was historically an issue within the construction industry that the big players in the game knew that they could bully the smaller parties into submission because they had all the cash you know you've naturally got a a sort of imbalance in bargaining power within any construction contract or, or or typically you know you've got your big main contractors that subcontract with all of their uh, all of their subcontractors on huge projects and there was a there was a there was a point in time where they were unfairly using that that imbalance and their their position to be able to negotiate down all of these subcontracts and make more money on the on the projects. So Any was... subcontractors listening may argue that that time has not necessarily passed. It still exists. Well, it's not, absolutely, it's not. It's certainly not passed. But there's now something they can do about it. Okay, and that's the the, the big key difference. So you've now got a um, a position where. Uh, historically, their route would have had to have been to commence court proceedings, knowing that it would take months and months, if not years, to get to a position where they would get a, a decision out of it. The big contractors would instruct big fancy lawyers with uh, on, on lots and lots of fees to prolong the process and incur costs and incur time until it was impossible to wear, then... to wear them down and to a point where they they just either give up or or give in to their demands and. You, you saw that a lot and that, and that still happens in lots of other industries, you know, that imbalance in power. But the, the, the problem was it was happening quite a lot within the construction industry and a decision was made to introduce this legislation that, that offers the ability to commence an adjudication at any time. You get a quick decision. Uh, like I said, the, um, the Act provides that you, an adjudicator has to make his decision within 28 days of you issuing the referral notice. We'll come on to what what exactly those steps are in a second, but um, you get a decision within 28 days. That can be extended by a further 14 days at the consent of the party bringing the adjudication, or more if both parties agree. But that is kind of in a nutshell. You've got you commence your adjudication, you put all your cards on the table, and you know that you're going to get a decision a month later. So effectively, it's 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 just two payment periods. You may lose one payment period in between, but. Exactly, yeah. yeah, and you and you get a decision at the end that's that's for all intents and purposes final and binding, unless that is disputed by further proceedings. You know, you can you can dispute that decision. However, 
pending the resolution of any any further appeal or dispute, whether that be for arbitration or the courts, the losing party has to comply with the decision. The money has to pass to the party, the uh, the, the party that the adjudicator has decided it should go to. So if I have a dispute with you, I'd take you to adjudication because I think you owe me £10,000. The adjudicator says, yes, I think you do owe Paul £10,000. You have to pay it. You would have to pay it to me 28 days later or few days thereafter you could then dispute it to a higher court and then ask for it back but i would then have the cash flow in my pocket effectively absolutely that's it that's you've you've summarized it well (laughs) and so it strikes me and i did i was kind of aware of this to some degree in the past as well but anyone listening who is thinking about I'm worried about my cash flow. I'm worried about my cash flow on this specific project with this specific client. Whether you're a subcontractor, main contractor, it could be either. The important thing to consider is that adjudication actually is a weapon in your artillery, effectively, that you can potentially use. It's not always the best one, but it is there to kind of protect you. It was brought there to help that money flow back and forth between you and your client. So, Really interesting first half, Michael. Let's talk a little bit more about the detail and like the next steps in a in an appointment after this break. Hello, it's me again. I wanted to share a quick story with you on why I co-founded Sealink with my best mate Chris. Chris and I were both QSs, and this is going to sound sad. But one night, we were sat in the pub talking about subcontract tendering and we realised the industry had a problem. Number one, procurement was too paper-based. Number two, it was too time-consuming and every QS had their own unique way of doing things. And number three, perhaps most importantly, if you want to competitively tender, you need to know hundreds of the best subcontractors. We simply didn't. That's why we created C-Link. It's software to solve subcontract tendering. We wanted to remove these challenges and help the industry get better. So if you, or someone you know, tenders with subcontractors, you've got to see our software. Head over to our link, www.get.c-link.com forward slash podcast to find out more. I will include it in the description box. So again, there's no excuses. Now, let's get right back to the show. Adjudication, the grizzly bear that is being tamed by Michael Downs. So, I know now that adjudication is principally there to help me with cash flow, among other things. I know that it's allegedly very quick. It's going to take me 28 days, possibly 42 if you add on another 14 days in the cases that you were explaining. It's going to be quick, but what on earth... I'm going to go back to myself now, being that QS and someone, there's an event where it actually happens. What someone says, all right, we're going to adjudication. What are the next steps, Michael? Can you explain it? Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is a, a question we get all the time. You know, it's kind of, I want to go to adjudication, but what, what is it? You know, what do Help. I have to do to do that? <laughs> yeah. How, how do we kick that process off? And I mean, in a nutshell, it is, it's relatively straightforward, but you've got to do each and every step correctly. 
it's it's sort of fraught with potential hazards and trip hazards you know where, where you can trip yourself up if you don't do things properly and, and you know naturally we always say absolutely you want to be taking legal advice to um, to cover you off and and to assist you with that process because the potential fallbacks are can, can be pretty severe if you don't get it right any party can commence a uh, adjudication claim at any time provided they're a, a party to a construction contract and you can adjudicate over any issue you can only refer however one dispute to adjudication so to kick that off the the very very first step you have to do is to issue what's called a notice of adjudication that then is the the step that formally commences the adjudication and then under the um, under the construction act that triggers a, a time period where you have seven days of which from when you've issued your notice of adjudication to issue what's called a referral notice now the referral notice is in effect your cards on the table your full claim drafted down this is what i think happened this is what i think the you owe me 10 is. grand exactly this is this is how how much i think you uh, you you owe and these are the reasons why and here's all of my evidence to support that and that could be witness statements uh, that could be uh, various applications payment documents folk, yeah. exactly all of that you want to get everything in there to explain your story fully and you that that has to be issued 7 days from the uh, the notice of adjudication within that 7 day period however you've got to appoint an adjudicator. The adjudicator has to be appointed after you've issued your notice, but before you issue your uh, referral notice. So you've got a very tight window that you need to get an adjudicator on board. Now, the contract will normally set out the mechanism for appointing an adjudicator. And it's critically important that the adjudicator is appointed properly under the contract. And who has to do that? I have to do it because I'm taking you to adjudication that will be the exactly the referring party will um, will be the one that has to kickstart that that process now that process can be a number of things it can it might need the um the assistance of the other party to nominate somebody you know and create a um an adjudication tribunal it could be that they've got to go to a third party nominating body such as ricks or uh, or texa there's various adjudication bodies out there but however the contract sets it out, there's got to be a process for appointing adjudicator. And if the contract doesn't set it out, again, the Act sets out a, um, a default steps as to how you can appoint your adjudicator. So you get to the point where you've got your referral notice issued. That's the point in which your 28 days starts running. And what happens in between then and your decision is really at the discretion of the, the adjudicator to set that out. But what you would normally see is he would say he'd want a response from the responding party, often within seven days, which is a very, very quick turnaround from when I issue from my when you notice. get your when, yeah. when you issue your referral notice. So if you think even at that point, by the by the point they've got to issue their their response notice, they might have only had two weeks since they were even aware that you wanted to go to adjudication. Well, that's that's they the might... thing as well, isn't it? And that's why it's leverage, exactly. right? Because exactly. Very, you, very you, quick. You're kind of, yeah, you're kind of saying, right, well, I'm not happy with that uh, payment notice, therefore I'm going to adjudicate on you. They've got seven days to get everything, all their ducks, what you're going to then refer, and then you've got seven days exactly. from you've there. Got, so. you've, got your, you've got your notice of adjudication, you've got seven days then until your referral notice, seven days until your response. So, so often it can be two weeks from when they really have had time to properly repair what and is that's going to be why you hear some horrible stories about particularly nasty contractors or clients 
putting in a referral notice on the 23rd, 24th of December, something like that. Um, and yeah, then absolutely. You get that quite. You get that quite a lot. I had Do you one, really? Uh, I had one. Yeah, I had one. Um, the week before Christmas. Uh, what Christmas did you do? Did you hand that to your subordinate? <laughs> Unfortunately, not. No, that was one where I. Um, well, we in in that particular scenario, we were, were able to argue a, a technical point where we were arguing that the that particular adjudicator had no jurisdiction to uh, to hear the dispute because we were arguing that wasn't a uh, contract that was covered by the act. So it was a bit more of a technical argument. And we managed to get that to get that one kicked out before Christmas came around. So I still managed to enjoy my Christmas dinner without without thinking about uh, that one. And I had it cleared off my desk in uh, in that time. So that was that was a good result in the end. So yeah, so then you've so to, to, to go back, you've by the time you've got the responding parties issued their response notice, it's really up for the adjudicator to decide what to do. He might want to hear further submissions from both parties. It might be that he wants a reply from the referring party. At no point, though, is there's not a meeting of minds where you're all sat in a room. There can be. That sometimes is something that the adjudicator will ask. It's, again, very much up to the adjudicator what he thinks is necessary. When you've got particularly complex disputes where maybe experts are involved as well, Sometimes adjudicators might say, look, you know, I think this is going to benefit from everybody sitting around a table and sort of, yeah, going going over the detail and having a look at the particular issues. And that can really, really help. But yeah, how, how it goes from the referral notice up to when the adjudicator makes a decision can vary uh, from, from project to project. But the, the general sort of process tends to be referral notice, seven days later, response notice, seven days after that, He'll probably ask for a reply from the uh, the referring party, and um, unless he needs any further uh, submissions, he'll 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 take his time then to come up with his decision that he'll issue within his twenty eight day window. So, I'm going to send you a notice saying you owe me ten k. Going back to our example, you're going to respond. The twenty eight days starts from then. You're going to respond seven days later. There's 21 days t- ticking by now saying, I don't owe Paul this 10K for reason X, Y, and Z. Adjudicator is then likely to say, what do you think of those arguments, Paul? Have you got anything anything to respond by? I would then say, Michael's arguments are terrible, obviously. He might be a superstar, but X, Y, and Z, it's, <laughs> it's just nonsense. And then the adjudicator would say, okay, I'm going to go away and come away with a decision and then say... This is my decision. Michael obviously owes Paul 10 grand. It was never in doubt, to be honest with you. Then what happens? Your adjudicator issues a decision. Within that, he'll say when uh, that sum of money has to be paid. Usually, again, depending on the sum and depending on the circumstances, it can be payment within a matter of days. It can be that payment has to be made within a couple of weeks, something like that. The question of costs is obviously... um, a consideration at uh, at this point the the rule with adjudication is the general rule is both parties have to pay for their own legal costs you okay. don't recover the other side of the cost, decision which is which is a both which both can be seen as a positive at, or, or a negative you know if you've got a particularly strong case you've got to weigh up the fact well whatever we spend on pursuing this we're not going to be able to recover that back however if you're in a scenario where it's a little bit sort of it could go one way it could go another it might be a bit of sort of, you know, offsetting that risk because, look, 
we might have to pay our own costs, but if we lose, we don't have to pay their costs. And also, so for the, by the same token, for the person receiving the adjudication, they're going to be thinking, well, this could go either way and I'm going to have to spend X to go through this. Maybe I should just avoid it. And and that's where that initial conversation, that's why it's exactly, leverage, exactly, isn't it? Exactly. And, the, uh, you know, and, that, and that differs from court proceedings. Court proceedings, there is a general rule that the losing party pays the uh, successful party's legal costs. There's caps on that, and there's a you know there's various things that come into play as to how much you can actually recover. But that's the kind of uh, on a on a cost side of things. That's the general rule. It, it differs slightly when it comes to the adjudicator's costs. The adjudicator does have the ability to um, uh, to award his costs for for payment from one party to the other. Uh, so in our example, where he thinks your your 10k claim pool was spot on, 100% correct, is he going to give you all the costs for him? Absolutely. Usually, that's what yeah. you would expect in that scenario. Reason, yeah. yeah. If if you're partly successful, he might sort of weigh it down. Maybe say eight. Yeah. yeah, something like that. That can happen. So that's that's broadly what happens with the decision. And you've you've uh, then got a an enforceable decision. Nine times out of ten, that's paid. If it isn't paid, you you have the ability to go and take that decision to court and have it enforced. Actually, now being detached from it all. I think that the cost thing is actually the really compelling point here um, for anyone who is thinking about, oh, I can't, I'm not getting paid by this client, Don't know, depending on what the number is, but actually that whatever happens if you engage adjudication proceedings, they are going to have to pay for their own legal costs to defend against it, right? What I know this is an impossible question to answer, but I will ask it nonetheless. What does... That let's stick with our example to keep it simple, right? It was a 10k negligible or smallish dispute. What would that cost in terms of le- legally, roughly? Do you think to like well, order when, of when when you? I mean, it's again, it's it's impossible to put a figure on how much it, any any adjudication proceeding is going to cost. They they uh, changed based on their uh, on the merit and how much is involved and how much evidence you got to compile with it with a 10,000 pound claim. That, that that's certainly a claim that you'd be saying is on the smaller side of things for adjudication. And there are mechanisms within um, various adjudicating bodies where they have adjudication um, provisions and sort of set schemes for adjudication for small claims, which is a, a much more tailored to for parties to do without legal assistance. And they can sort of then ideally try and bring those claims without having to incur a lot of legal costs. So when you're looking at a £10,000 claim and getting lawyers involved to assist with that, that's where you're starting to think, well, look, it's, it's, gonna, it's starting to look at being disproportionate for your, uh, for your cost spending. You're going to spend a, a decent chunk of anything that you're going to succeed in uh, on legal fees. When you're talking about, say, a half a million pound dispute, for example, it's the other end of the scale where you think, well, it's a drop in the ocean, the amount that you're going to be spending you know, if we're, if we're going to be looking at getting an award for 400k plus in 28 days' time, it's it makes complete common sense to uh, uh, to to do that to get the money in quickly. So you get kind of varying ends of the scale in a broad sort of way as to how you look at it. The simpler the issue, and the less that you have to detail you have to go into, your costs are going to be significantly less than if you have to go and you know draft three or four witness statements and compile a whole hundreds of appendices of uh, of evidence behind it. And yeah. I, I know 
I appreciate we are all, we're all we're halfway through the second half, if not if not further. So l- the last episode that we did, which was so well received, was how do you prove a delay in construction? And one of the questions I asked was that if you were to pick up the perfect pack of information, how would what would that look like to you? So I guess that's like again a really important question here. It's one of the same thing, really, isn't it? Like if you want to be protected if you want to potentially use adjudication as leverage you've got to have your ducks in a row what does have absolutely what does having your ducks in a row particularly around payment let's say we talked about delay last time what does it look like for adjudication if yeah i mean if we're if we're using that as an example a payment dispute you might say there's an argument on an interim application for example you've put your interim application in uh we're halfway through a project the uh, contract administrators looked at it and said you know what I'm going to knock you down 40%. And that's sort of come out of nowhere. You're thinking, whoa, 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 I completely disagree with this. There's some discussion both ways. And the contract administrator is pretty resolute. The discussions with your, um, you know, whether it, if, you, if you're a subcontractor and your discussions with the, the main contractor might not be um, taking it anywhere, or if you're a main contractor and your discussions with the employer aren't really going very well and you haven't managed to reach a resolution on that, and you think, okay, I want to bring an adjudication based on this interim application. What what you're looking for there really is, and it's remember because the referring party can commence an adjudication at any time. They've got the benefit of sort of setting the pace and setting the the time frame for, so they can take their time to prepare, and they can they can take as long as they want to get everything together. The defending party, the responding party, don't have that luxury. They're if an adjudication is being commenced, they've got to get their ducks in a row pretty quickly. But the things that you're looking for, and, and bearing in mind again, it's it's always speed over detail adjudication. So there's there's an element of an adjudicator expecting I'm not going to have everything, I'm not going to see everything. But you would certainly want to know, okay, well, what is the particular issue that we're talking about here with the uh, with the payment dispute? You'd want to be looking at things like, um, you know, say for example, we're, we're arguing over a um, a variation we'd want to know exactly when was that variation issued what was discussed was was the the fee for that agreed so there's still unfortunately levels of detail that you need to get together because at the end of the day you're putting these things down in writing you get one shot really persuading the adjudicator that you're right so you want to get as much detail and as as much information in there as you possibly can to make him think okay there can't possibly be any other answer other than what I've been presented with here, and obviously the other side will will try and do the uh, do the opposite in their in their reply or in their response. So yeah, so the I think that the biggest sort of message to that you want to get to a client when they're embarking upon an adjudication, again whether bringing or defending it, is there's a reason that the decision has to be reached within 28 days, and that's because you've really got to understand that you've got to put everything into this. This isn't something that you can just sort of, you know, fire off an adjudication notice and uh, see how it gets on. You need to be prepared to then sit, get everything that you need down on uh, on, on, on paper and whether that's your, your evidence, your witness evidence and uh, various bits and pieces. What we tend to do is it's always a good example to use if you defend an adjudication because the time frame is set for you. you as soon as you get your notice of adjudication, you, you say to your client, right, we've got two weeks to get this together. 
and start preparing our our response on this. And you usually know what the arguments are going to be by that point because there's there's got to be a You've dispute. You've been debating them. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. The, you can't refer a dispute unless there's a dispute to start with. So <laughs> yeah. the, there has to be a dispute there between the parties. So what we tend to do is you almost, uh, it's not uncommon for the client to be coming and sitting in your offices and spending days on end sort of working through the detail you know, getting de- things down on uh, on paper, getting your witness statement uh, pulled together to kind of get that detail into into a shape where you're able to persuade somebody, an adjudicator that quite often you've no idea about, you might have never met, uh, that you're on the you're right, the right. Side of the story, exactly, and uh, and and the money should be coming your way. So, as I see it, it is a really good thing for the industry, and it was brought in with the right intention i.e. to help that cash flow it's one of the biggest problems that probably everyone listening has when when they think about their business or their project so my final question for you mark is do you believe adjudication has been a good thing for construction absolutely yeah it's introduced now uh what are we looking at 24 years ago and it's it's still used or in fact, it's probably over uh, over however many years it's been um, it's been prevalent. It's been more in use than uh, than court proceedings and um, and probably arbitration as well. And and there's a reason for that. You know, it's we we tend to find that parties that have sort of got involved with their first adjudication and bought their first claim from adjudication, and where they particularly where they're they're, they're good commercial clients that quite often they've never got into an adjudication dispute because they, you know, quite often it's because they manage their business quite well and you've got good relationships. So it's, it's often a good thing that they haven't. But uh, when you do manage your business in that way and you've got your ducks in a row and you and you do it properly and you approach it in the right way, it can be a really, really powerful tool to, to use to shift the position in your favor or to sort of break through a bit of an impasse in any, um, in any tricky discussions and, negotiations or um or any disputes so the feedback i get or genuinely uh, i generally get from uh, from clients and people that are involved in it is that when used properly it's a really it's a really powerful thing to to have in your um in your artillery yeah i think that it's bit, it's quite thought provoking thinking about how you could use it when you could use it and just understanding that it isn't quite as that if you want it's one of them things i guess if you go through it you understand that it isn't as terrifying as you think from the outset thinking that there are all these things to do and i think uh, from my perspective it can be used first and foremost as leverage to help you get the desired need commercially but then you've quite simply explained it that it isn't as terrifying as as i thought at the start of the show so thank you very much Michael for coming on yet again and explaining that you'll notice I didn't notice I didn't mention Villa once or maybe I mentioned it once but you know I'm I'm thawing to to (laughs) to you as a Villa fan so you know I'm trying my best but thank you so much for coming on the show mate absolute pleasure I'll be sharing Michael's details uh, in the podcast description as before and you never know we might get him back on the show again if if he'll do it thanks for coming on the show absolutely Always love, always love to do it, Paul. Thank you very much. My pleasure, mate. My pleasure. Um, and guys, I'm going to repeat what I said at the start. Reviews, own the Build YouTube channel, School of Sub YouTube channel. Check it out. Keep listening. And I will speak to you all next week. Take care. Mm-hmm.